Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Hi, hello. Before we dive into today's episode, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, just wherever you do your listening. If you want to reach out to us nerds, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. And you can send an email with your questions, suggestions, and ideas for the future to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. With that, we'll get into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to everyone's favorite game that we're doing for the first time right here, right now. Guess that classic. Today, Emma, Jill, and I have taken descriptions of classic books and rewritten them like a bit of gossip from a friend. So none of us know what the other has picked. We only know the author because we had to make sure we didn't all pick the same books uh, without knowing what the books are. And so basically we are going to tell this little juicy bit of gossip to one another. And then we're going to try to guess that classic, Um, please. Play along with us at home. I don't know how we're going to do the episode description yet, so you don't know what they are ahead of time, but we'll figure it out. So we're going to get started with some good tea about these classic reads, and we'll uh, see if you can figure out what book it is. I'm I'm going to start us off. I'm excited. Okay. Do we anything else we need to say before I do that? Well, do we want to say how we got to this episode? Yes. Jill. Yes. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um. So, like many of you, I listen to other podcasts, and I love the Normal Gossip podcast. Um. Which, if you are not familiar with it, is someone she gets like people send in real gossip from their lives, and she sort of shares the gossip with a stranger, and they kind of talk and react to the gossip. And I was like, what if we did that, but with books? <laughs> So that's pretty much how it came from. I love everything about that because once you <laughs> sent that along, it was just like, I love tea. I love gossip. I will say it was it was so much fun writing these descriptions. I will uh, not lie. Especially because we've chosen classics. Correct. And so some of the things in here are absolutely bonkers. Yes. Some of the things I had to try to modernize. Yes, I did too. Yes, Uh, a lot. I can't wait. I can't wait for my last one because wild. So my first title is from Robert Louis Stevenson. There's a breath of work there. All right. So get this. My friend who's a lawyer just told me the wildest story. His friend told him about this girl who got ran over and the guy totally fled the scene But then the guy comes back later to pay off her family with a check from some rich guy. From there, 
things only get more zany. My lawyer friend has a new will come through his desk. He's working on it. It's a longtime client. He's been cool with this guy for a minute. He's setting up his will to leave everything he's got to the same guy who did the hit and run. It just doesn't sit right with my friend and he's not sleeping well. All of a sudden he's having nightmares. He decides he's got to go visit this client and see what the heck is going on. That's when he finds out from this guy's colleague that he hasn't been showing up to work. And the last time they interacted, they fought over a project he was working on. So my lawyer friend catches up with the client eventually. They talk things out. And now a year later, things are calm. He's setting up the will, but like, whatever. Hit and run dude is back. And he murders a member of the government. They go hunting after him, but they can't find a single trace of this guy. All they find is a note that he's sorry, but the handwriting, sus. So if that wasn't wild enough, the client with the will, things have been peaceful, things have been good. Now someone from his housekeeping staff reaches out to say he's locked himself in his room and won't let any of them in. They decide they're breaking down the door to find the client had taken his own life. Do you know the book? No. And now I'm questioning my knowledge of classes. <laughs> I'm like, wait. In, I, have, I have a final line. I have a final line to help you out. In the note he left behind, he talked of his research and a concoction he had made, allowing himself to transform into his monstrous self, Mr. Hyde. Shut it. Shoot, no. <laughs> so that was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. I think the author threw me off. Like, <laughs> I yeah. know. I know you're thinking Treasure Island. You're yes. thinking any like, number of yes, other options. Not... For some reason, yeah, I was like, why aren't we like in the wilderness? Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. So I was really confused by like lawyers and offices yes. and things and government. Same. Same. Mr. Hyde uh, tramples a girl in the street, uh, <laughs> eventually brings a check back. Lawyer does have a will come across his desk. It's Dr. Jekyll leaving everything to Mr. Hyde. And uh, yeah. Dang. And I did read that in graduate school. Never read it. Never read it. Who's got some tea for me? Mine is way less well done than that. (laughs) Does that mean you want to go second or third? I'll go sec. I'll go second. We'll get this over with. I think my, I think my descriptions pick up as I got into it, but this is my first one. So this is a book. um, This is going to be obvious. Whatever. This is a book by Emily Bronte. Yours was tricky. This is not. So there's like an orphan boy. We'll call him H. (laughs) He was really uh, treated pretty poorly by his adopted family, but they let him live on the house, on the estate. And he just has to like do whatever they say, chores, take care of things. Um, He just sticks around because he doesn't really have anywhere else to go as you don't uh, as an orphan. And he ends up becoming close to the daughter of the family. We'll call her Katie. Um, And they just form a bond. They get quite close. And as he gets older, He finally just like goes off into the world to try and make it on his own, better himself, make some money, do some things, be an adult. 
And uh, he returns to the family home uh, several years later as quite a wealthy fellow. You know, out in the world, he's bettered himself. He's come back a rich man. And um, he comes to find that Katie is engaged to a different dude named Ed. And it's not a love match, but like, you know, sometimes you can't always follow your heart. You got to follow your wallet. (laughs) And Katie admits that she's like not really into Ed. She kind of likes somebody else whose name rhymes with Shesh. H. Nothing rhymes with H. And um, H like can't really stand how all of that's going down. He's just like over it because he's in love with this woman. And um, he was treated poorly his whole life. And he's just like, we're just going to go for our revenge. And all of that ends up being too much for Katie. It's like a lot of stress. And uh, she dies. And there's some mores and stuff. That's my description. Is uh, Katie short for Kate Bush? Is this Wuthering Heights? It is indeed. There's just some mores and stuff. There's some mores and stuff. I'm sorry. I couldn't couldn't miss an opportunity to bring Kate Bush into the situation with her beautiful song, Wuthering Heights. Yes. It is indeed Wuthering Heights. The absolutely wild tale of Heathcliff. And Catherine. Sure is. <laughs> Wild indeed. Wild indeed. Which in refreshing my memory of this book, because I remember really enjoying it when I read it and being like, oh, how romantic. In refreshing my memory, what on earth? Yes. What yes. on earth? What on earth? What on earth? Some of these, because truly this was like a step back into time of like, yes. I've read this before. What am I remembering? I was like, oh, they yes. made me read this in high school. <laughs> what? Apparently none of that. I read this for fun in high school. This was my leisure reading. Jill, have you heard any good gossip lately? I have also from a Bronte. So that narrows it down significantly. Those Brontes, man. Those Brontes. Okay. So this is about a good friend of mine. I've known her since college. She is very near and dear to my heart. Um, she didn't have a great life growing up. She lost a friend when they were kids, like the, the friend died and she just had a really rough go at it, but she grows up and she now works for a nanny for this single father. And okay. He's kind of moody and like a little morose. And he lives in this big old mansion with It's just him and his ex-girlfriend's daughter. And like, nobody knows if he's the father or not, but he's like taking care of her. It's, it's weird. But my friend is now the nanny and, you know, God love her. She doesn't have a lot of experience with relationships. So when she starts dating him, we're just like, girl, (laughs) whereas he's your boss, like that immediate no. A media no, like you're living in this house with him and he's your boss. That's that's suspect. Um, second, he's he's like kind of a big flirt. Like we were at this party once and um he was like spending the entire evening flirting with this other woman in front of my friend, like to try and make her jealous. And we're like, why would you want to marry him? But she doesn't listen to us, and he's like, No, that other woman didn't really mean anything, and whatever. So they decide to get married. And y'all, I, 
I swear this wedding. Okay. So like, you know how at weddings, there's that whole, like, if anyone has any reason, these two people shouldn't get married. Um, you know, forever hold your peace. And it's like more like a formality. Okay. So at this wedding, someone actually showed up and said that my friend couldn't marry the groom because the groom is already married. And not only that, his wife is alive and he's like locked her up in the attic of this house. Like she's been there the whole time up in the attic. So of course, (laughs) we're just like, what is happening at this wedding? And so my friend is just like, dude, what is going on with your wife? And the guy, he's just like, oh no, you know, it, you don't understand. She's kind of crazy, which this is, we do not use that word in the year of our Lord, 2023. Okay. But he's like, no, she's crazy and whatever. And we tried to warn her, right? Like he gave us weird vibes, but luckily this time she listens. And after she finds out he's married and the wife is up in the attic, she books it and leaves. And she like finds family she didn't know she had. And she starts making a really new life for herself. And she's getting ready to travel. And then he shows up and like is sending her text messages and stuff. And um, it's like, hey, my first wife died. So I'm fully single now. And she goes back to him. And they're now married. So. (laughs) I know what this is, but I've never read it. (laughs) She went back to him. She went back to him. It sounds like any modern tale, quite frankly. Mm, I know a few you know, uh, people like this. Yeah. Jane yeah. Eyre? Jane Eyre. I will say this is one when I started going back and I was like, why did we ever ship Rochester and Jane? He's not great. Right. <laughs> he locked his wife in the attic. Like locked his wife in the attic. That, like the wife is like setting the house on fire to prove a point. Like. Yeah, why? why did we why ever why, why? but this I mean, was definitely one where like I love this book and I read it in college but going back for this I was like uh, the classics are wild the classics are so interesting like yeah Jane and Rochester they're great together are they though where there's like all these like swoony you know gentlemen from classic literature and you're looking at them like wait but but wait, you're kind no. of bad. Yes. But like, actually, this is this, not. This is not good. This is not behavior we want to emulate. Correct. All right. Dang. All right, Joe, what else you got? Okay. Now buckle in. My mom's friend was catching my mom up on all the drama. Apparently, this neighbor of hers who had run off and gotten married to this guy 12 years younger than her just got back home with no husband in sight. I mean, I will say it does sound like she's had a tough life. Her mom arranged for her to get married and out of her hair, probably like as early as she legally could. She was married to this rich older guy, but he was a real piece of work. Like, I don't think they were married yet. They were just kind of like set up. Um, He was very unromantic. He worked her like a dog at like his farm and stuff and her store. And one day she meets this smooth talker about her age and runs off with him. So smooth talker he was, they got married, and then he became the mayor of the town they moved to, as well as the biggest landlord in town. 
She just wants to be a part of the fun. Everyone in their amazing town, they're like having a great time, but her politician husband won't let her be around the common folk. She stays with him for almost 20 years. Then one day he calls her ugly and she lets him have it in front of the whole town. From there, things went downhill pretty fast. He got abusive with her. They don't talk or see each other for months and he falls ill terminally. She visits him on his deathbed and she gets the final word. She lets him know he ain't anything special. So he dies, everything's left to her. She finally feels free and she basically runs the town of her dead husband and she avoids men, smart, until this young something comes along and suddenly she feels alive and in love again. They get married nine months after her husband's death. She sells the store and they move to Florida. The young guy was wild, like absolutely wild. He stole money from her, but then felt bad, came back and like returned it. And then they were having all these social outings or having a great old time. So two years after that, they get married. A terrible hurricane rips through town. And while they're making escape from the rising waters, her husband gets bitten by a dog. Little did they realize the dog had rabies. A few weeks later, her husband becomes convinced She's cheating on him, you know, the rabies. And he starts shooting at her with a gun. She's forced to kill him in self-defense. She's put on trial for this, but is found not guilty. Now she's moved back home and everyone has been gossiping that he left her, stole all her money, but now we know the tea. Do you know the book? Who's the author? Zora Neale Hurston. Is it their eyes were watching God? It sure is their eyes were watching God. Well, Emma, do you have a classic for us? I do have a classic. It's by one Henry James. Because fun fact, I took a full course in Henry James literature in graduate school for a semester where all (laughs) we did was study Henry James. I'm here for this. (laughs) It was something. (laughs) that is all so yeah my friend was telling me that one time she was a full-time nanny and she was like obviously hired to care for some kids and those kids we'll just call them like miles and flora because you know those are modern names that you can't look up at all um and so the nanny is to care for these kids who are living with their uncle because their parents have unfortunately passed away and the uncle is like you know what i really want to be hands-off So you as the nanny, you got to deal with these kids. Leave me be. I'm just like here to make money and supervise. And so the nanny is like, all right, this sounds easy. Um, Miles, the oldest, he's often away at boarding school. So like really how hard can that be when one of them's away at school? But he comes home from the summer for a summer break. And so she's got the two kids and she gets this weird letter. And Miles has been expelled from school. And she like, doesn't feel comfortable asking and she wasn't really sure what to do. Um, so she was like, maybe I should ask the uncle, maybe I should just leave it. Miles is so charming that my friend who was the nanny was just kind of like, you know what? I'm not going to press the issue. Seems like none of my business. I'll just take care of these kids. So they're just hanging out at home over the summer break. 
And my friend started seeing a strange man and a strange woman just like lurking on the property. She like didn't really know who they were. Things were starting to feel weird. It was getting a little supernatural. Nobody else was acknowledging like this strange man and woman. So my friend also was wondering if things were okay with her. And come to find out, there was a former nanny who we used to work for the family and a former chauffeur. And they both died. And um, they could be potentially haunting this family and that house. And so that's really creepy. And my friend, the nanny was like, you know what? We need to get a handle on this situation. We need to like keep the kids in the house. Let's not go outside. Let's not get stressed. And she finds out that Flora, the daughter is sneaking out of the house in the middle of the night. And she wants to go chat with one of these ghosts seemingly. And when the nanny confronts her, she's like, um, you're a child. You can't sneak out and talk to ghosts. Flora's like, I can do what I want. And she says she doesn't want to see my friend, her nanny ever again. So, you know, they end up sending Flora to go talk to her uncle. Uh, their other member of staff, the housekeeper ends up taking her. And so my friend, the nanny was just at home with Miles watching him hanging out. And Miles like, you know what? I'm finally going to share with you why I was expelled from school. I'm going to share those details. And um, that's the moment when like they said that they saw a ghost, a male ghost. And my friend was just trying to calm Miles down and tell him, you don't have to be stressed. You don't have to be worried about this ghost. He's not in control of you. You don't have to let these people haunt you. Um, and then the ghost goes away. And she looks down and Miles had died in her arms. So needless to say, my friend doesn't want a nanny ever again. Can you guess the story? <laughs> is it the turn of the screw? It is. Because who doesn't love a ghost story from the 1800s? I love the turn of the screw. <laughs> um, it, it absolutely makes sense. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but who doesn't love an 1800s ghost story? I mean, but I yes. love the turn. Of I the love screw. the turn of screw. I mean, I actually like a lot of Henry James because the books are just like wild, yes, unhinged, <laughs> unhinged. But like, yeah, and that that one to me was a little bit more straightforward. Some of his other books are even more out there yeah Yeah. i guess is what i'm gonna call it as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Anne-Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave. All right. So this one, I'm not going to tell you the author. This one is kind of messy, like super messy. I mean, these have all been messy, but like try and keep up with this one. All right. So we have my friend, sort of a friend of a friend, we'll call her Karen. And Karen has a brother who just cheated on his wife with the babysitter, which seems to be a trend. There seems to be like a whole nanny babysitter thing, (laughs) which is interesting. Anyway, so his wife threatens to leave him. So Karen decides to kind of act as a mediator and she goes to visit to sort of try and help them work through this. Now, Karen's brother has a sister-in-law, okay? She's the younger sister of his wife, and she just got engaged, and everything is great. Until the fiancé meets Karen and falls, like, madly in love with her, which is messy enough on its own. Um, Add to that that Karen herself is actually already married, and now she's got this, like, young guy, like, totally in love with her. So much in love with her that when she goes home, he, like, follows her and moves to where she lives with her husband. He, like, breaks off his engagement. So Karen starts an affair with this guy and um, not necessarily subtle about it. Her husband starts to get a little suspicious. And it's only when she gets pregnant, like, her boyfriend knocks her up, that she confesses to her husband what's going on and is like, yes, I'm having an affair and I'm now pregnant. Her husband, however, refuses to give her a divorce because he's got like a cushy government job. He's like, a, you know, like relies very heavily on appearances and he has to maintain a certain image and like a scandal involving his wife and a divorce just does not fit into that. So he refuses to divorce her. Um, meanwhile, she's pregnant and with her boyfriend, and the boyfriend is proving to be less than reliable as a partner, which, like, should be obvious because he was engaged and then just, like, dumped that girl for you. So you should have seen this coming, (laughs) but she didn't. She did not see that coming. And so she's got this, like, husband who won't divorce her, this boyfriend who kind of sucks, and all of this, she, like, starts having complications with her pregnancy. And it's, like, really, really bad. Like, she almost dies. And after she recovers, then her husband is like, okay, you know what? I'll divorce you. You can go off with your boyfriend. Only now, Karen is like, no, you know what? Actually, I don't want to divorce from you. Because... <laughs> I'm worried that if I divorce you, there'll be this like big custody custody battle, right? Because like the kid is the boyfriend's, but she's married to him. There's all this like, you know what I mean? Like paternity, presumed, whatever. She's like, I can't divorce you because 
I may never see my kid again, even though he's not yours. It's it's messy, messy. Um, so she's like, I'm not gonna divorce you. I'm gonna stay with the boyfriend. But then, even though she's like, I can't divorce you because I might lose my kid. She and the boyfriend leave anyway. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Whatever. So Karen and her boyfriend are off traveling, and they're on their own, and things are not great. Um, it's like with those reality shows where like the couples leave and you're like, when you don't have all the drama surrounding you, how does that work? <laughs> like, <laughs> are you really happy? And they're not. Karen and her boyfriend are not happy. Things are not good. Um, and they get restless on their travels. They decide to return to the hometown and their friends and family don't really want to have anything to do with them at all, including Karen's husband, who, again, she's still legally married to and has her kid. Um, and she goes to this party and like everyone snubs her. Nobody wants to talk to her. Everyone's like gossiping about her and the boyfriend. And it's just like whatever. And meanwhile, the boyfriend is like flirting with all sorts of people in front of Karen at this party. So Karen is like, I really want to keep this boyfriend. Um, and she decides the only way she can do that is if she can marry him. So this time she goes to her husband and is like, all right, look, let's let's get this divorce. Let's get this over with. <laughs> And this time he also says no. Like they <laughs> they just they keep going back and forth. Like when it is convenient for one, it is inconvenient for the other. So her husband now will not divorce her. And she's starting to suspect that the boyfriend is having affairs and now plans on marrying someone else entirely, not her. So she's got this husband who won't divorce her and this boyfriend who doesn't um doesn't want to marry her but wants to marry somebody else and she like gets super depressed and um let's just say things don't end super well for her in this scenario does anyone have any idea i have one but it's because it's one of the only ones i know that has an affair in it <laughs> it's probably the big one is, with the affair but go ahead is it is it anna karenina it is Anna Karenina. <laughs> it sounds even more it is wild. Affair after it, affair after divorce after refusing to divorce. I, custody battle. Like I didn't remember it being that messy, I, but it is. It that is messy. that messy, and that's just like one plot line from Anna Karenina. This yeah. is one I admittedly had not read in a while, and so when I was going back, I was like, "Wait, they keep going back and forth on the divorce thing." <laughs> so weird so like some things stay the same yeah i mean truly (laughs) things change and other things stay the same correct i know that yeah stuff gets messy messy. where then yeah you've got like you know if it's more beneficial to you not to get divorced but then that got messy if you've agreed that you can go and do whatever i know know. and there's like whole other plot lines in that book too that i didn't even touch because you didn't need but you got i didn't need to (laughs) you didn't need i didn't need that but also (laughs) the book is so messy the thought of i can't be without my child but ooh, let me go have a more fun life and leave my child behind i know i'm i feel like there's probably some reason in the book that if I actually read it more recently, <laughs> I would remember. But right. I, I know. I know. That's some good tea. 
yeah i want our adaptation of anna karenina <laughs> like that's what i want to read right i mean i did enjoy the movie though with aaron taylor johnson okay so this is my last bit of juicy gossip for y'all and i mean these have all been wild but this i don't think you're ready this is from jane austen is it emma no i'm just kidding <laughs> That would have been hilarious. It would have been hilarious. I would have just written clueless. Okay, so my last juicy bit of gossip. This is from Miss Jane Austen herself. My friend, she hates her family. They are just terrible, nasty folks. So she goes to live with her rich aunt and uncle. Her parents are down and out. Her father is an abusive alcoholic. She just had to get out of there. Aside from all the wealth, though, like, things aren't much better at her uncle's place. Her girl cousins are, like, cruel, nasty, mean girls who just care about wearing the hottest clothes and marrying sugar daddies. Her older cousin is also a drunk, so she didn't escape the alcoholism. But she does get to be pretty friendly with her younger cousin, and he's, like, super spiritual. Since everyone is obsessed with finding love, this is where the story gets a little Love Islandy. So new folks come to visit them. The different cousins fall in and out of love. It gets very will they, won't they? Now, I don't know if these are first cousins, uh, but our girl here has fallen in love with the spiritual cousin. But he's fallen for one of the new arrivals on the island and keeps confiding in our girl about it. Why yold? Amidst all of this, our girl, my friend, her brother comes for a visit, and one of the Love Island boys decides he now loves our girl. And to, like, gain power over her, he helps her brother get a promotion and then proposes to her because, you know, power dynamic, power trip nonsense that men love to do. She refuses him. He keeps coming after her. Her uncle is mad. She would say no to this rich guy who's handed out promotions left and right on Love Island. She moves back in with her awful parents because she can't deal with this anymore. And dude follows her still in love. She keeps denying his advances, but then he's like, fine, whatever. I'm going to go party with my friends. Have a good time. He runs off and marries the girl, the spiritual cousin was crushing on and telling our girl all about. In a wild twist of revenge marriages, someone marries, someone marries, someone marries, someone. So all of the cousins now that she was gone and living with are like married up now to all of the people who have come in and out, like wild. Until the spiritual cousin decides he does indeed love our girl. Do you know the book? No. I'm going to say that I personally hot take don't enjoy Jane Austen. I hate Jane Austen. <laughs> so <laughs> there is one title. Yeah, like in my head, Pride and Prejudice out. Pride and Prejudice is out. Emma out. I have a helpful final line. Uh, if you'd like it revealed, or you can keep going. I mean, I there's only like one book other than Pride and Prejudice, and so, that's not the only other one I can think of is Mansfield Park. But I don't even is that it. Franny and Edmund get married happily ever after at Mansfield Park. Park. Okay. Hey, I'm intrigued though, since you've now framed it against Love Island. <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically <laughs> how it ends up going. Like 
these is like my passion they keep having new people come to mansfield park they're like staying with them for a little bit all of the cousins are like "Ooh, he's rich and you know one is hitting on the other and like you know but this book like i couldn't because it was such a wild departure and there's no way to be like all of the people but so basically how it ends is like all of the people who were bad are either dead or exiled from mansfield park and all of the people who are good are happy yeah i mean you've been voted off the island so that's my final title mansfield park by jane austen love it i'm intrigued way to catch me joe like way to pique my interest by taking one of my favorite things and framing it against jane austen's mansfield park for the record love island uk yeah let's not faff around with the u.s let's not no australia second u.s no anyways we could have a full episode on like love island read-alikes all right are you all ready for my last one This is a deep cut. It's a short story, and I don't know why you would know it, but I'm going to tell you. So my friend was an intern for this old lawyer. We'll call him John. And she was saying that, you know, the interns that worked for this lawyer, John, were like a little bit over the top. Things were a little chaotic, you know, interning as you do. And... So John was like, you know what? We've only got two interns. Let's go ahead and hire a third. Maybe somebody that's a little more chill, a little more Zen to bring down the collective group and like get everybody on the same page. So John hires Ben and he's like really calm and quiet and the temperament seems to even things out in the office. Ben comes in and he's crushing it. He's doing a ton of high quality work. He's doing really well. People are like, wow, this was a great idea. Everything is thriving in this law office. And then one day someone's like, hey, Ben, do you think you have time to proofread? And he's like, you know what? I would prefer not to. And over time, that slowly sort of seems like becoming Ben's motto. Anytime my friend would like ask him to do something or try to encourage work. He would just be like, yeah, I would prefer not to. And so everyone starts to get really annoyed that this guy's just like not doing anything and getting away with it. And John like really doesn't know how to deal. He's not very confrontational. He doesn't really want to like reprimand Ben. So he kind of just lets Ben do his own thing, gaze out the office window, not do any work. And just not say anything about it. Um, then things like get even more weird. And everybody like found out that Ben was like living in the office. He just like was never leaving. And everyone feel incredibly uncomfortable being around this guy that was just kind of like sitting there. So John being non-confrontational was like, you know what? We're just going to move offices. So they just moved offices. And left Ben there. And the building got rented out and the new tenants kept contacting John and like the other interns. And they're like, what do we do with this dude who's just refusing to leave? And 
they were like, you know what? That's really not on us anymore. We've moved buildings. And Ben ends up getting arrested because he's just hanging out in this office building. He won't leave these people alone. He ends up going to jail. And his old boss, John, feels bad about all of this. Like, oh, maybe if we hadn't moved offices, like he wouldn't be in jail. I'll go visit him, make sure he's okay, make sure he's getting food, make sure like he's being taken care of. And after he visits him, he like hears that Ben tragically passed away in jail from starvation because he just like preferred not to eat. Isn't that wild? Can you guess the story? <laughs> Emma, that's so wild. <laughs> Isn't it? I can give you this, the final quote, the final line of the book. We'll tell you what it is. Um, but it's just a spoiler. His name isn't Ben in the books because that would be, it's 1800s. Um, but it's ah uh, Bartleby, ah uh, humanity. It's like right there. It's right there. Mm-hmm. And I cannot remember what it is. And it, it is Bartleby the Scrivener by Herman Melville. <laughs> it's one of my favorite short stories. I love it. That was so wild. That was so it's wild. It's really, really wild. And let me tell you, let me tell you, I also took a full course in Herman Melville. <laughs> Emma, what were you With the doing? same professor, with the same professor who taught Henry James. We took Herman Melville first and then Henry James the semester after. Herman Melville, if you have not read his stuff, I'm not just talking about Moby Dick. Like, let's no, fine. But he has so many other things that are so good. I cannot even tell you. And I mean, good objectively. Like, yeah, it was written in the 1800s. There are a lot of things to unpack there. But like this masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, I was rereading it in preparation for this. And I was like, wow, this uh, is feeling a little corporate America. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little. Just a little. (laughs) Yeah. Check it out. All right. So my last one is uh, from old Billy Shakes. The master. master. It's a big catalog. It's a big catalog. So um, speaking of corporate America, this is about my friend. He works for a family company. He's in like middle management. But he has heard a rumor that he is up for promotion. And not only like a promotion, he is like in line to get as high up in the organization as CEO. So he tells his wife, um, who of course is thrilled. She's kind of a socialite, super ambitious, like real housewife stuff happening here. And now normally with any job, as we all know, you have to sort of wait to be promoted. Um, there's like a review process or there has to be an opening or something like that. But his wife is like, you know what? I don't feel like waiting this long. So how about instead we just skip the line and we just kill the CEO and we'll make it look like one of the lower (laughs) level employees did it. And then you'll get promoted and no one will have any idea what really happened. So at first he's like, yeah, that, you know what? Sure. Let's go along with that. He, you know, doesn't have much of a backbone when it comes to his wife. That's not a shade on marriage at all. Don't take that that way. This is purely him. <laughs> Just for the record. 
So he agrees at first, and then he starts to have a lot of doubts and starts getting nightmares about it. And he hasn't even done anything yet, but he's already regretting it. But his wife is like, no, you have to do it. It is the only way, because who knows how long it's going to take otherwise for you to get to be CEO. This was just a rumor, but this, we can like actually make it happen. He does it, but like immediate regret, immediate regret, and just like shuts down. And his wife has to sort of take control and blame these other employees and um after the body is found like the ceo's body is found like all the next level of all management they just quit because they're like what is happening our boss has been murdered and this is not safe and so they quit and so there's nobody stopping him so he ends up becoming ceo like it was rumored so this should be great you know this came true but he's clearly a little uneasy in the position, knowing how he got it. That could happen to him. All sorts of things could happen. Especially because his best friend, who also works for the company, has like started to ask a lot of questions. He's getting super suspicious about how things went down. Meanwhile, his wife, who was all for this plan originally, she is now suffering from like super, super regret. And she's having nightmares. And is like, I don't know, maybe this was wrong of us to do. And my friend's like, this was your idea. (laughs) We can't really undo it now. Um, She becomes so guilt-ridden that she dies by suicide. And my friend is now just despondent because like he's at the top of the company, but his wife has died. He got to the top by like um, murdering his boss. the folks who all quit now come back because they're like something sus is going on and um it just just doesn't really work out well for anyone in this particular story and they all pretty much die (laughs) so i'm gonna be really embarrassed because this is my favorite (laughs) and if it's wrong then i'm a dummy yeah probably not wrong is it macbeth it is (laughs) i was i was gonna say um is the company in scotland and does she really need some OxyClean? Because out damn spot. I, I know. I almost was going to be like Real Housewives of Inverness. And I'm like, that's too much. That's that would have been or, so or Real good, Housewives though. of. I know. I know. But that would have been. It would have been more of a giveaway. It would have been. Or the, 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 the OxyClean is good. Oh, yeah. Middle management yeah. and a company by Shakespeare. Oh, Come on. So good. Macbeth. This is also my favorite. I read this for fun in middle school. Yes, this is my like read for fun because I love it so much. So much. I don't know why I'm whispering. It's so good. It's so good. I love Macbeth. And I think one of uh, Shakespeare has to be seen. They are, they are correct. Everyone who says that. But I just, I'm often haunted by like the last person I saw play Lady Macbeth just wailing, oh, damn spot. So good. So good. I read this in college when I studied abroad Mm -hmm. in London. And so we saw Macbeth. At the Globe. Did you see it at the Globe? At the Globe. And it was literally transformative that I went and saw it a second time by myself. I don't blame so you. Well. Like I would have. Uh, yeah, I, I went. I went twice. Two weeks. Two weeks in a row. I would have done the same by myself, and was yeah. just like, "Well, my life will never be the same." It was like misty. It was like mm-hmm. misting, like through the roof. 
I can't. It's just so good. Ugh. It's so good. It's so good. Thank you all for sharing some delightful, delicious tea with me. I love the gossip. And that has been Guess That Classic. If you liked this episode format, let us know. We would love to do it again. So if you would like to see us do this, if you've got suggestions of what kind of genre we should pick or like subsect like this, like we did with classics, reach out. You can message us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are at ProBookNerds, or you can send an email to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Thank you all so much for joining us today. I hope you had fun with this episode. I know we did. Emma, Jill, thank you, thank you. And as always, happy reading. Bye. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com.
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.